So today we're going to talk about uh, healing your daily bread. Healing is your daily bread. Amen. And uh, we're going to talk about what what Jesus meant in the Lord's Prayer uh, when when He told us how to pray. That's that's the that is the pattern of prayer. You can't go wrong with the Lord's Prayer. And I know people have criticized it and taken this part out and that part out because, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, just leave the word alone. You know, just, you can't. Bible cautions us about adding to or taking away from the word. You know, you let the word speak to people the way it needs to speak to them. But but you just can't go wrong when you use the word uh, the way God, God uh, said to use it. People are disturbed by the fact that Jesus had gone to the cross when he gave that prayer well he hadn't gone to the cross in a lot of the bible the old testament <laughs> you understand what i'm saying we use that amen you need you have to use it the bible says that all scripture is profitable so we have to look for it to profit us amen and so when once you get getting into the word god will show you what's for you so learn how to uh, meditate your way through and, and hide the word in your heart and just you know you find something god that's good i'm gonna and you meditate on it meditate until it, it just gets to be a part of you uh that was your bread for the day and so god wants us to have everyday daily bread amen every day so uh let me think where we want to go here um Try Matthew 6. We'll go there and see if that's the place where we need to start. Matthew 6. Yeah, and uh, it says here, Jesus is, is admonishing his disciples. He's always teaching his people how not to be religious. And how to be real with God and how to get your prayers answered. And so the disciples have been bugging him and said, you know, uh, John's disciple, John teaches his people how to pray. Why don't you teach us how to pray? Well, if you like John, go over to John's place. You know, that's what you want to say, but the Lord... Jesus is so meek and humble and easy to receive from and you know he understands people's hearts he knew what they were asking for and he said to them though he admonishes them before they start he says but when you pray in verse 7 this is uh Matthew 6 verse 7 when you pray do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do now this is your buddhist this is your 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 chant people, those are vain repetitions. When you pray the word, it is not a vain repetition. You got me? That word is with power. So the difference here is that we use the word. Amen. Even though you may pray the same prayers over and over again, what's wrong with that? Amen. It's from the word. And so if the problem's still there, you gotta say it over again. You gotta continue to declare what you believe and what you expect God to move on. And he says the heathen, they think they will be heard for their much speaking. So they think if they keep chanting over and over and over again, that they're gonna get somewhere. Amen. Uh, I remember Dr. Cho was Buddhist before he uh, he came into a knowledge of Christ. He was dying of tuberculosis. 
and a young lady got it sent a young girl about his he was a high schooler i think and he sent a young girl by to witness to him and tell him about jesus and he said that every day he was chanting to buddha he said i i i chanted to buddha so much i got spooky and he said, and then I asked Buddha, well, where are you? Are you not at home? Did you move? Were you at a new address? Why are you not responding to me? Why do you not heal me? And so this girl kept coming back. He would throw her out. She'd come back again. Every day after school, she would come back and keep telling him that Jesus loved him and, and pray this prayer. And one day he finally gave in and asked the Lord into his heart. And the rest has been, it's been easy for him ever since then. But but it had to, that wall had to be broken through. Amen. Uh, that, that, and, and it took persistent, 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 uh, pressure on her part to get that hard shell of Buddhism cracked off of him. But he began to see the light, little bless you, little by little light began to flood into his soul. And he was able to really hear what she was saying when she would witness to the gospel to him. But many times people like that think if they keep saying it over and over and over again that their God will will hear them. Uh the late uh uh was this George Harrison was with who was with the Beatles. He was a known uh uh one of those Eastern people, you know, he just all that long hair and he was always talking about Krishna and all this kind of stuff and he said uh, one time he said his house was being broken into there were some people coming in to to rob his house and he said he he kept saying Krishna 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 as fast as he could and then people kept coming if the police hadn't come because of that you know they had an emergency 911 you could trip when somebody uh, broke into your premises he said if the police hadn't showed up when they did they both would have been dead so he was Krishna the whole time and Krishna didn't never showed up. You got me? And so when you understand that, that much speaking is not impressing our God, sometimes you can just call on the name of Jesus and he shows up. It's the right word at the right time that will get our God active. And so his authority is always in the name of his son Jesus. Jesus is Lord of all. And you will never go wrong when you use that name in in your hour of need, in your time of need. And so he said, don't use those vain reputations. They think by their much speaking, they'll be heard. And that's a warning for us. We think sometimes, you know, and we all do it. I've been confessing the word. I better get back on my confession. You know, like you're much, it's about what you believe and speak. Amen. You gotta believe it in your heart. Sometimes you need to shut up trying to confess so much and get in your word and meditate till that word becomes a part of you. Till you really believe it and you start acting on it and stop doing your old stuff you used to doing. Amen. Start doing the word of God. Amen. When God says to love your neighbor as yourself, you got to show people love. You got to forgive people. You got to do all those things that God says to do continually. Amen. Not just once in a great while, but this is a continue. This is a lifestyle change that God wants to do. He says people are won by our chaste conversation. No trash talk, no dirty talk. 
No, no responding to somebody whispering in your ear and you whisper back. Amen. You, you, it's your, your godly conversation, manner of conduct that'll win people over. Amen. You, you, you gotta be a changed person. And so God has a, a way to change us and it's through our daily bread. Amen. Through healing us through, through the application of the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ. So he says, be not therefore like unto them for your father knows what things you have need of. So you don't have to do real long prayers. You don't have to try to impress God with how much you talk. Amen. You can let your words be few and, and, and just allow God. He says he knows what you have need of. You know, sometimes you can shorten and say, God, I receive whatever it is you have for me today. And I thank you for it because I know it's going to bless me because you know better than I do what I need. And that's a legitimate prayer. Amen. And he says, after this manner, in other words, this is the way I want you to pray. He says, our father, which art in heaven. So you contact, that's his phone number. Is our father in heaven. That's, that's how you contact your God. Amen. You want the heavenly father. You don't want the earthly nobody. You don't want Buddha. You don't want Krishna. You don't want any of them false gods. You want the true and living God. He says, hallowed be thy name. In other words, start off by praising him. Keeping his name holy. Keeping his name, don't, don't use it when you, you know, I hear people, they get frustrated. Or they, you know, like when, when, and, and I know that expression because I used to cuss when I was in the world. I'll take another sip. Well, people try to mull that one over, see where they going with that one. But see, you you know, when people have frustration in their voice, they, Jesus, don't use his name like that. Don't you ever do that. You might as well cuss. Now, religious people do it all the time because they think that elevates them out of the land of cussing into the land of, but it's the same use of the word. Whatever you use that word for, that's the result you're going to get. And when you degrade the name of Jesus, his name is higher than any other name. You to keep it high, holy, and lofted and lifted up. You use that name when you're in trouble. You use that name to, to end your prayer. You use that name and you keep it holy and you keep it reverent and show respect because he respected you when he died for your dirty little self on the cross. You got me? And so we don't drag his name down. People, you hear him hollering out his name when you pray. I mean, when you preach sometimes. Jesus! Jesus! Stop it. His name is holy. Elevate it. Keep it high and lift it up. Just don't throw it out there trying to impress people with it. You know, we know what you're doing. You're trying to act like you know him personally. Like you could throw his name around like that. You don't know him like that. You're not supposed to know him like that. So don't drag him down to your level. Keep it high. Amen. That's what this means when it says, Hallowed be thy name, as holy is your name. Even the Jewish people didn't even mention the name of God. They would, yeah. They would, would sigh. Because his name was awesome. Amen. 
So you treat it holy and awesome. Don't start dragging that around. Don't, don't get gutter with him. He paid too much for us. Amen. If you learn how to respect his name, it'll work for you when you need it to work for you. That's why a lot of times people struggle. They don't honor his name. This is the first thing God tells you to do is honor his name. Hallowed is your name. Holy is your name. I'm not using it every time I get frustrated with something. And I want to expect or express frustration. I don't use his name like that. People get crazy sometimes. Then they wonder why they got so many burdens and problems and prayers. You're misusing. You're not even obeying the, the word here. Start lifting things up. Amen. It's just like my mother would call me. When she would call me with a certain tone in her voice, I knew I was in trouble. So the inflection in your voice is very important. You're not fooling anybody with this. So let's keep it holy. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what we are requesting is that our situation that is not lining up with God's kingdom, we want that to be replaced with his kingdom activity. If it's poverty, we want the kingdom to come here and give us wealth, give us resources, give us finances. Amen. Your will be done. Don't be afraid of God's will. Amen. Because his will for you is good. That's the only thing he's going to honor in anybody's life is his will. And we know his will because we know the word. There's some areas that are gray areas where you won't be 100% sure what God wants or what he's doing or, or anything like that. And so that's the time we got to trust him. To do what he knows is best to do for you in your situation. And then you ask for your daily bread. Now, the Bible says you do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when we talk about bread here, we're talking about not just food, which God abundantly supplies to everybody. Amen. He really does. If you if you ask him how to to help you and give you wisdom on certain things, amen, he will help you. You should never be hungry. But if you throw your money away, you're going to have lack if you don't use it wisely. You know, that's that's just a given. He's not going to indulge us and keep supplying to us if we're not going to follow through with his instructions and wise instructions. And he says here, when you say, give us this day our daily bread, that's talking about your natural sustenance and your spiritual sustenance. So when he talks about bread, Jesus in many, many situations talked about himself as being bread. Amen. His body is the same bread from heaven. And he talks about that. Um, Let me see if I can find that. John 6, if we'll turn there, because I think this is where Jesus explains to them some of these Old Testament happenings were really Jesus in another form, or we say the pre-incarnate Christ. Before he was in a human body, he showed up this way. So in John chapter 6, it says here, 
Jesus says here, verse 41, I can go back and get the right meaning with it in red. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am that bread which came down from heaven. So he was talking about the fact that the uh, patriarchs ate manna that came down um, from heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, here it is in verse 30. So we're still in John 6, verse 30. They said, therefore, to him, what sign will you show us then that we may see and believe you? What? What what does your work say? He said, uh, they said, our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father gave you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he that comes down from heaven and gives life to the whole world. And they said unto him, Lord, forevermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. So this is your provision scripture, folks. He says, if you trust me, you'll never go hungry. You'll never be thirsty. You'll never be out in the cold. You know, the homeless, quote unquote, homeless problem we have in here could be cleared up if somebody who's called of God will go down there and preach to those people on the streets. But see, Christians are so afraid of getting arrested, getting chased away, getting everything. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody living in that town is assigned to go and preach the gospel to those people. You know, everybody's looking for everybody. Now, they'd be perfectly comfortable with somebody coming from way out of town or from another country and going doing that but it is so easy to go by homeless people and give them tracks give them a little bag of cosmetics give them something so that they can know you can get up and god will help you he doesn't care who you are you can get your needs met because he is the bread of life and he says he that comes to me he shall never hunger and never thirst But I say unto you that you also have seen me and you don't believe. So this was always the dilemma with the Pharisees, with the religious people. They were always asking for, show us a sign, show us a sign so we can believe. Well, you won't get that. Thomas didn't get it. God, He was merciful to Thomas because Thomas was stuck in, if I don't see it, I'll believe. And he rebuked Thomas. He said, okay, you've seen it. You believe, he said, but more, you're more blessed if you can believe without seeing. In other words, Thomas, if you're going to go forward and work for me and serve me, you're going to have to start believing, taking me at my word. Because I'm not showing you something every time you need. I'm not a performer. I'm God. And so we have to stretch our faith over into that realm of the spirit so that we can believe God for the things that we need. We can trust God for the things that we need. But this is a faith kingdom. It works by faith and faith works by love. And so God wants us to be in, in, in sync with him and in, in, in uh, agreement with him in everything that we do. And so when Jesus said, pray after this method, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You want everything in your life to be just like it is in heaven. 
And you've got to be sin free. You gotta be sickness free. You gotta be debt free. You gotta be free of everything that would encumber you on this earth. Amen. And so we, we want to live that way with God. We, we, we're learning to live that way with God. And God is working with us to get us to the point where we have what He wants to, us to have on a day to day basis. So He says in, give us this daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Amen. So you go nowhere without the application of the blood to your life. You got me. You are made righteous by his blood. And his blood is applied when we forgive. And we ask his forgiveness. What caused us to to get born again was the atonement where he paid for our sins with his blood. There are people who go around and say, you don't have to ask for forgiveness every time you turn around. Why not? If you're messing up every time, why not? You know, if I kept walking by Miss Jan and stepping on her toes and never acknowledged that I had hurt her, what, what kind of relationship do you think I'd have with her? If you do that with a human being, you do it with God. You transgress his law, you ask forgiveness. Amen? You know, sometimes that's how, that's, that's the, the, the deal maker with many of the people we see that have no problem getting their faith to work and have no problem getting what they need from God. They are quick to forgive and quick to repent. Amen. It's just, it's just the way it is. You're going to be stubborn. You're going to be hard. God will be stubborn. He lets you see what it's like. Amen. You, you begin to live it out for yourself. You begin to wonder, I've been working at this for X number of years and I still haven't died any further. Huh? How's your, how's your relationship with him? How your, your spiritual walk with him? What's that like? Amen. Some people, you know, I heard a minister preach recently about he would spend at least an hour talking to God about his faults and his deficiencies. Asking forgiveness, asking God, how, how, you know, help me to get this straight. How am I in this area, God? You tell me. Any, who goes to God like that? Very few people. You know, if anybody. God, what do you see that, that I need that I don't want to, to, uh, fall into the snare of the devil. Help me to live closer to you. Help me to live right before you, Lord. Help me with those things. Amen. You just can't keep skipping over that. It begun, begins to be that lump in the middle of the rug, you know, how you just sweep stuff under our, I remember I was a kid and we used to buy, my mother would buy nice little area rugs. Sometimes we'd be able to afford them. And, and we would sweep around the rug, you know, that's where all the dirt and dust was. And every time mom wouldn't look, we'd peel that rug back and sweep that stuff up under there. Well, pretty soon you got a pretty big lump under that rug. You need to go under there and clean that out. And if we can keep what I call short accounts with God, don't run up a tab of, of, you know, not asking forgiveness. You, you, you need forgiveness just for your thought life sometimes. You'll see somebody that's doing something and you don't, they need to do stuff. They need to do and you're accusing somebody in your head. And that'll go on for for a whole half a day. Sometimes you just find not here. Somebody else ain't doing right. You know what I'm saying? So you need to come out of that. You know, God forgive me. I spent 
X number of minutes or X number of hours just thinking negative about things. Accusing people in my mind, they ain't doing right. They ain't looking, living right. They ain't doing this right, that right. And, and a lot of them are God's people because that's who we're around most of the time. And so we've got to come up and get a, a higher standard of thought life, a higher life. And this is why we have daily bread. Your daily bread takes care of all of that. Amen. And so that's why Jesus says every day, if you come to God daily for bread, you come to him daily for forgiveness and you come to him daily to forgive other people. Forgive our debtors. Who do you think has wronged you? Who rubbed you the wrong way? Then you'll find out people aren't even doing things on purpose to you. We just stand a stew about things. Well, you got to get before God with that, he'll tell you, he said, now listen, that person didn't do that on purpose. They weren't even thinking when they walked past you and, and you took offense to it. That's, that's not what they meant. They didn't mean that to you. And don't go running up to them telling them you were offended. Cut that childish stuff out. We got groups of people that are offended about everything. If you look on social media, you know, this is, you can't say certain things to people. Now, you can't say certain words on social media because it's offensive to somebody. And Christian people need to grow up. That If they're doing that in the world, that means that we can't do it. That's not our job to be offended about everything. It's our job to forgive and start living for God. But for real, though, you'll find out the armor of God <clears throat> comes to protect you from these so-called offenses and pretty soon you're not even phased by it you can keep walking and keep living you know every time we're we're offended about something we got to stop and think about it oh someone so did that well, what they mean by that and how they that didn't sound with you i wonder what they wonder wonder stop it grow up just forgive and keep moving amen and let let the the life of God begin to permeate through us and deliver us from our old self. That's what we need deliverance from, your old self. Amen. And he says, forgive and I forgive. As we forgive, you forgive me as I forgive others. So you sit there, you think about who you don't like this morning or who did you wrong or who you, you don't, you know, they ain't doing right. And I've been giving them chance after chance. You think about those things and let those things go. Say, Father, forgive me for holding on to that. I don't need to hold on to that. Let me let that go. Amen. And, and he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. So deliver me from the snare of the fowler. Put your Psalm 91 into operation here. And then again, you began with worship and praise and, and thanksgiving. Then you end with worship and praise and thanksgiving. When you're done praying, begin to worship God and thank him. Father, I thank you for answering this. I thank you for listening to me today. Thank you, Lord. These things belong to me, and I worship you, and I praise you, and I thank you for this. Pray in the spirit until you you feel like a release and a peace that all of that is done. And allow God, if you begin with with worship and holy and holding his name in high esteem and you end in the same note, then then you can always walk out of there with a total peace that God heard you. He's working on what you talked about and that you will have everything that you need.
So, so it's a good prayer. It's not a long prayer. It's, it's a prayer, but it includes everything that, that you could think of you need for the day. When you ask for your daily bread, that's everything. Amen. And when you ask for his kingdom to come down into your situation, that's everything. And so God begins to work his kingdom. He begins to work trouble out of your life and his kingdom into your life. And that's what you want. Amen. And so when he talks about our daily bread, we need to focus on that for a minute. When God gave them manna in the wilderness, that was a type of Christ. That manna would show up every morning, whether they asked for it, whether they needed it, whatever the situation was, they received that manna that fell from heaven. Uh, in in uh, let me think. In Numbers chapter eleven, turn there, and you'll see how we're to look at it. How did it happen back under the old covenant? And this is the way we're to look at it now. Numbers chapter 11. Starting in verse 6, I think. In verse uh, 11, verse 7, we'll start there. It says, And the manna was as coriander seed, and the color of it was the color of bedelium. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste was as the taste of fresh oil. And when the dew fell upon camp at midnight, the manna fell on it. So at, at, at the dew point, the, 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 the ground had to be moist and then the manna fell from heaven. It did not grow out of the ground. It fell from heaven. So Jesus told the Pharisees, I am that bread that fell from heaven. Amen. And so God wanted them to depend on him and him alone for their sustenance. And this is how he proved it. See, there's so many people who worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to. Okay, so the scripture says, you know, Luke uh, 638 tells us, take no thought. Amen. And, and, you know, give and it'll be given to you, so forth and so on. Take no thought for what you're going to eat, drink or wear. Well, if you don't take thought for that, what do you think about? Think about the manna that fell down from heaven. Lord, just as you let manna fall from heaven every day and you supplied food for Israel, you will have somebody put something on my doorstep before the day is over. Amen. And there have been so many people who have received whatever they needed from God simply by asking him in faith and believing it would show up. George Mueller was a, he was an Englishman. I keep on calling German his, you know, what just sounds that way to me. But anyway, he was an Englishman and he had prayed and asked God. He was very troubled by the fact that they sent children with no parents to a workhouse. I mean, these were small kids and they would have to, to work, uh, 16 hours a day. Some of them, they worked till they passed out. 
because they had no no means to to be taken care of. And it touched his heart that these children had such a hard way. So God said, I want you to, to build an orphanage for these children. I want you to start gathering them and housing them. And he started with a small number. And he said that there were times where he would have 30 staff members, 100, 200, 300 children. Those orphanages grew to be a 1,000 children, and he had several of them. But he started small. He started where he was. This is the way we got to think about things in God, folks. It always starts with a seed. Don't despise the day of small things. You, we want hot and cold running everything, but you got to learn how to manage a little bit before you'll get more from God. Now, you might try to think you all cool and go hustle and go con somebody out of something, but you're not, that's not God's way. It's not way, His way for His children. And so this man began to pray and he said there was a situation where he, they had gone to bed with nothing in the cupboards there. And the cook came and told him, sir, we have nothing for breakfast for the children in the morning. And he, he fasted and prayed. He, you know, these people who are serious about touching God and people could care less about food. You know, they, they don't have the Sunday, uh, fried chicken problem <laughs> that the church has now. You understand what I'm saying? But, but they would seriously, he went before God and he said that it, about five in the morning or six in the morning, there was a knock on the door at the orphanage. And the baker, the man who had a bakery, he said, somebody ordered bread and they didn't show up. He said, and, and I've got to move this bread because I got orders to do. Could you use? And it was enough bread for everybody in that orphanage and then some. You got me? Because he trusted God. He didn't trust in his his, you know, reputation or somebody's going, you know, people who did these, a lot of these people that are raising money for their projects now, they do it based on numbers. You know, you can go to consultants and find out how many people on a mailing list you got to have to get so much money back. You know, I'm sure some faith is involved, but we ain't talk, we're talking about a whole different brand of faith when we talk about some of the people who have gone before us and how they, and he said he never told anybody of any need. Now people knew about what he was doing, but he didn't send out feelers to people and letters. He said, I just wanted my faith to develop so I could depend solely on God because pretty soon you start depending on man and man will leave you high and dry every single time. Amen. You don't leave God to go and depend on man. So dependably every morning this manna fell and people would go and gather it. Amen. And, and it says that Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. And Moses also was displeased. Why was that? Because they wanted something other than, than manna. Amen. They wanted, they wanted meat. Amen. If you want meat, God knows you want meat. Don't complain to get it. Faith is not complaining. Faith is full of expectation. And faith is holy. Amen. And so Moses is saying, he asked, Lord, where am I going to get flesh to give to these people? 
Amen. And and so God came down. He gave them so much quail it ran out of their noses. They were all eager for that quail. And some of them died because God put a plague on them. Why? Because they were dis, they were disgruntled, not thankful. You get thankful, God will give you more. He Or he'll take the desire from things away from you you shouldn't have. Amen? So you need to get thankful. We all need to get thankful. Amen? And so God began to prove them with this manna. They were, they were to collect it only one day at a time. If they tried to keep it overnight, it went bad on them. But manna was God's perfect food for them. Amen. Uh, turn to Deuteronomy 8 real quick. I, I like going back through these old scriptures. I know we've read them years ago, but they apply here and there. So you can get a full picture of what God wants you uh, to do. Let me see what it says here. Deuteronomy 8, 3 through 16. Okay. It says here, and Moses is going back over what God did. And God provided the manna to humble them, not humiliate them. There's a difference. Some of them got humiliated with the manna. They were dissatisfied and they wanted meat. Amen. Don't think God's things when things start going on in your life where things get a little lean, a little thin. You don't sit back and try to figure out how you got there. Just figure out how to get out. God, I'm real sorry I'm here. I didn't mean to show up at this place again. But hey, get me out. You got me out before. Get me out again. I'm for coming out now. Amen. And let him turn that thing around for you. And so God, he said, God did this to humble you. Amen. He said he humbled you in verse 3 and allowed you to hunger and fed you manna which you did not know about. And neither did your fathers know. In other words, this is supernatural food that fell from heaven for you. Amen. That he might make you to know that man does not live by bread alone. In other words, quit begging for stuff you can see and eat and and all of that. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's how man lives. And your your clothes did not get old upon you. Remember we always say the clothes grew. If you got fat, the dress got bigger. If you lost weight, the dress slimmed down. And he said, neither did your foot swell all these 40 years. And he says, you shall also consider in your heart that as a man chasing his son, the Lord chastens you. In other words, you can't have everything you see the minute you see it. It's called covetousness. And therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear the Lord. For God is going to bring you into something better. Amen. If he's humbling you, it's to get the greed out of you, to get you out of eyesight and get you over in the spiritual sight so he can really bless you. Amen. Your blessings don't, everything you need and want is not found in the realm of the natural. You need to start relying on supernatural blessings now. Things that you can't see. Things that make you uh, closer to God, more like God. That endear you so you can be more fit for the master's use. You just think about what you want all the time. But God says you need to be fit for the master's use. I can't use all them, them things you keep clamoring for and craving. I can't use your cravings. 
but I can use your peace and I can use your humility. And that's where God wants to get us. So back to our daily bread. Our daily bread is healing. In Matthew fifteen twenty six, Jesus states this. When he talks to the lady that had the daughter that that had, was demon possessed, Amen. He says, <clears throat> start in verse twenty-two. Behold, a woman of Canaan, but she was not a Jew; she was a Gentile. Came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, "Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil." But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying after us. And he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, he says, Not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. So healing is the children's bread. We are to be healed every day. If we say, give us this day our daily bread, then a portion of what you get that day is to be healed. Amen. Amen. So healing is always coming to us as we feast on the manna that is the body of Jesus Christ. He says, I am the bread of heaven. So whenever you read the word, whenever you meditate on the word, whenever you seek God in his word, you are receiving your daily dose of sustenance in your spirit. Amen. That that healing, that word that you get from God is healing you. Amen. So we need to understand this because just as manna was the bread of life then, his word now is the bread of life for us. If Jesus is our bread, then we are to take a dose of him every day. Proverbs 4 tells us to keep the word before our eyes. Hide it. How do you take this healing bread? How do you take your daily bread? You take it through meditating. You take it through reading it. You you pick up your Bible and you ask God, God, where should I read today? Or maybe you you've got a little reading plan already. Stay with your reading plan. Or if God tells you, no, I don't want no reading plan. You need to get something directly from me. This is what I have for you. Then just change it up for a day. But stay with it. Amen. Stay with it. Everyday contact, living contact with the living God. And so he He then begins to help us because he is the bread of life. So according to Proverbs 4, we are to listen and incline our ear to the word of God. Not not the word and something else, but the word of God. You know, sometimes, you know, I'll I'll just say, well, I haven't listened to that word yet today. And, and I'll have it on and I'll be trying to read my Bible and have a word on. It's like, forget it. You're not going to get anything like that. Just crawl up in your Bible and stay in there until God talks to you. You know, you think you got a shortcut to hear from him faster. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to listen to this and listen and read my word too at the same time. I'm going I'm to get me something today. No, you just go ahead and, and receive what God has for you because he wants, he's doing something in us. When he says that that your daily bread is healing, that means that every time you go into the word, God is healing you. Every time. There is not a time you go into the word that you don't come out healed. More healed than you were when you went in. 
you need to understand this because God wants us whole. When he purchased us, he purchased what was left with us after the devil and the world got through with us. And what he is doing with us is making us whole. You know, people who preach salvation sometimes, they just want to get people saved and just leave you there. Well, that's just the beginning. Amen. You have to be taught how to how to process the word so that God can restore you. His his work for us when he says we are redeemed, he purchased us so that he could restore us back to our original and better than original condition. We've been separated from God. You're born into this world separated from God. The Bible says you're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. When you were in your mother's womb, you were being put together in a malformed way. You came, you might have came out perfect, perfect weight, no deformities that were visible, but we're talking about the inner deformities. Amen? Where the enemy takes parts of your brain and puts other stuff in there. Amen. You know, you wonder sometimes why you, you might have a, a kid in the family that, you know, you can't tie them down before you can, before, when, when they start to, to walk, they don't walk, they run. And they keep running from you. And they keep saying no. And you, I've seen women do all kind of things to kind of keep them in, 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 uh, control. Strap them down in the car seat. Strap them down in the crib. Strap them down in the uh, baby seat. Strap them down everywhere. When they go to bed at night, got to strap them down. Amen. You know, you see, see people with the baby cam on in the in the in the nursery, and don't have two babies in there—a toddler and a, a, a infant. You better separate them two, because that toddler gonna get out that bed and find out what little junior is up to. Amen. And so, so, you know, the, and you wonder where it's like, God, this is really hard. Now I'm having a hard time managing this kid right here. Or some of them have more mouth than they need. You know, they just keep talking back and just, you know, it's like almost slap you and they just look at you and it's, it's like this brick, their face turns into a brick all of a sudden. It's like, they bracing for it. You know, he said, no, wait a minute. I'm going to come another, come down another street with this little brother right here. This ain't working. Amen. So, so these are things that we wonder how, how, and then you have one kid just, just smooth sailing all the way through. Then they get older and start cutting up. You know, it's just always something. How did that get inside of your child? Amen. You've been looking forward to for so long. I'll tell you why. Born in sin, shaped in iniquity. See, we're born separated from God. And it seems like when the devil pulled us apart from God, ripped us apart, our soul got fragmented. Amen? Because there's part of us that, that wants to cheat all the time. Part of us wants to uh, lie all the time. Part of us wants to, you know, just not do what people expect us to do. You know, that kind of thing. And that has to be healed. You gotta, you gotta have that part. You gotta, number one, you have to become aware that that's not godly. And sometimes it te- takes people forever to accept the fact that God don't like this. You know, the fact that I didn't fall off a cliff or I didn't drown in the bathtub, even though I did wrong, does not mean God condones what you did. Amen. That's called mercy right there. 
And don't try to ride that out all the days of your life. You gotta come clean before God and say, God, I'm not doing this right. I'm not, I'm still not over this. I still keep falling into this trap. And I need you to help me. Amen. You need him to help you. And so God will give you a plan to not fall into the trap. Amen. He will give one tailor made to you, for you. Amen. Because, you know, mom and daddy might tell you, just quit. Stop. And like, and then you say, I don't know how to stop. Yeah, you do. Stop. We all know how to stop. <laughs> well, I stopped once. Don't stop stopping. Keep stopping. Don't quit stopping. See? See, quit having these conversations with the devil when he tells you, oh, look what kind of Christian. You might as well go on on and do so and so and so. You ain't doing that no way. Are you lying devil? I don't care if I am a, a, a train wreck in a dumpster fire. I'm God's train wreck in dumpster fire. And I'm not going to quit quitting. I don't care what you say. I'm going I'm to keep on quitting <laughs> until I quit for real. Amen. Amen. And God will help you. He'll undergird you. But you need daily bread. You need to have your soul healed and rebuilt. You gotta keep, 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 keep going back to God for help. And this is where you'll, you'll part with people who are quote unquote faith people. Cause they think you're supposed to get it all on the first try. You don't get nothing on the first try. I tell you right now. You're not going to get nothing on first try. Amen. God will humble you to him. Because there's a process he wants you to. See, if you got everything first try, this this Christianity would be a breeze. You wouldn't need God. You just go do everything yourself. Amen. But God wants us to to connect with him. Draw from him. Be more like him. Draw from that sustenance that he has for us. Amen. And it's good if you can, can, can get that first out. But I'm inclined to believe that many people are using willpower oftentimes to keep themselves in the proper place. You got me? And, and where your soul in, in, you're not being transformed the way God wants to transform you. Where your soul and your spirit are not really partaking in that. But that will, it will take place if you go daily to God for your daily bread. God, show me what I need to read today. And sometimes we know what we, we need to read. Amen. You know what you need to stay away from. You know, and, and, and let God help you with that. Get your mind on something better than what it's on all the time. Amen. Let yourself, uh, let God help you to help yourself. Got me? Tell you, he'll tell you, give you a plan. He'll give you a strategy to, to circumvent the devil every single time. But it comes through your daily bread. You've got to have your daily bread. You've got to have that bread from heaven. It, it, it comes directly to you from God to settle what you need right here, right now for where you're going to go in God. You gotta have that settled. And that's what he wants to do with us all on a daily basis. That's why the Lord's prayer is a daily prayer. It's not a here and there prayer. If you see where he says, give us this day our daily bread, that means you come back tomorrow for more bread. 
Because what happened with the manna when they tried to keep it overnight? It got worms and it stank. You couldn't even get your nose to it. Amen. The only exception was that manna they got on, on the, the sixth day. It was, it would, it would keep overnight one night. Why? Cause the seventh day was a rest day. They couldn't go out and gather anything. It was forbidden. So for the Sabbath, the sixth day manna was the manna that stayed fresh overnight. It was a two day supply. But that's as much as you got out of that. And you couldn't get two days on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You had to get it on Saturday for Sunday. If Sunday was their Sabbath. And so it does, you just couldn't do it at will. You couldn't skip getting out there before God and gathering what you needed from him. God wanted to see his children being obedient every day. And that kept them in obedience every day. If we catch on to it, we can learn something. Because every day you go before God. Every day you worship Him. Every day, holy is your name, Lord. Forgive me for taking your name in vain. Forgive me for my religiosity and my pride. Help me to humble myself and stay humble before you. You got me? And allow God to work these things into us. If you learn nothing but respect for God, that's a biggie. Amen. You look at some of these denominations that don't have a lot of word and some of them don't even preach to be born again. But you'll find people who are born again, who have a reverence for God. How? They figure it out on their own. You think the Holy Spirit is limited to their their preacher that stands before them? I don't think so. God will find a hungry heart. He doesn't care where it is. And some of those people will have such a, a connection with God and such a presence of God on them because they seek his presence. They seek him. And so God wants us all to live like that and that reverence for him, that understanding of his goodness and a respect for him. Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Let me just lift you up to where you're supposed to be. God, look at all the sinners cursing, using your name as a cuss word. I'm going to lift your name up, Lord. I'm not going to drag it down anymore. And allow God to make that change in you. Amen. Some people, you know, they just refuse to bend on stuff like that. You'll see them, you know, just doing things that you think, well, how can you be a preacher and not and not represent better than that? You understand what I'm saying? You, you, we gotta, we gotta do better than this, folks. The Lord's prayer will take care of all of that. You have a reverence for God. Don't ever get familiar with God. Don't ever get cheap before Him. Don't ever get, you know, common. Always, Father, Father, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I worship you and I lift you up. I magnify your name. Everything else is putting you down. I'm lifting you up. Let me be, if it ain't but one person today in this world lifting you up, let it be me. Amen. And keep him high, holy, and lifted up. And he'll lift you up. You'll find a lot of these old crazy habits you used to have. You shake them off and, you know, you finally can can quit quitting because you didn't quit for the last time. You understand what I'm saying? It's not a project anymore. you gotten your victory. Amen. And he has put more of himself in the place of where you used to have all that craziness. 
You know, all the stuff we, we've been through. We know, we know where we came from. Amen. He replaced himself with that. Amen. He replaced, you know, anxiety. I used to have anxiety about a lot of things, you know, and I would be snapping people and then the Lord would say, now wait a minute, get yourself together here. You, be, you don't have to be under this pressure. And he taught me how to cast my cares on him because he cared for me. It's a project sometimes with some people. You know, if we sit and look at people and judge, it's me. Well, who, who made you a judge? What are you? You ain't Miss Nice all the time. We just don't point your faults out. You understand what I'm saying? That don't help nobody. What helps people is is to to believe the best. God, I don't know they're struggling now, but I believe they're going to make it through the finish line. I believe they're going to get there. Amen. And pray for them. God, just help them with their struggles. Help them get to the place. Prophesy over them. Father, I declare that the devil will not snare them today. He won't hinder them today. You know, be a friend to somebody instead of a critic all the time. See, we can do better, folks. We really, really can. And so if if we'll get into our daily bread, amen, God wants to heal us every day. There are some things when, when we, 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 became when we got detached from God, you know, when Adam and Eve got disconnected from God, their souls were fragmented. You know, you can imagine them where they used to say things and good things happen. Now they say stuff and things kind of deteriorate and fall apart. You know, that that's where you start witnessing how how much you've you've fallen. And so our their spirits really were dead. The life of God was released from their spirit so their spirit because it didn't have the life of god in it their spirits were actually dead and so god when we get born again our spirits come alive to god again but then that life in there has to start the job of repairing our souls so that we can do the complete thing and God wants us to be uh, united, spirit, soul, mind, and body. He wants all of that to come back together again because that's the way Adam and Eve lived. Their spirit was connected to God that made their soul full of God's word, that made their bodies fall in line with their souls. What is your mind telling you to do? Go ahead and do it because it's the right thing. You don't have to be afraid you're going to do anything wrong. They had a life of ease. Everything worked for them. And so God wants us to get back to functioning like that. And he's not going to give up on it because he's paid the price for it. And we've received the price, and now he goes to work on us, making us what the Bible refers to as whole. Amen? So we're no longer fragmented. We no longer have that rebellion in us. We're not so sensitive where somebody says the wrong thing. We just want to, you know, you used to get when you were a kid. You know, you don't do that anymore. You forgive. You say, God, well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not acting right about this. I just feel like, you know, they don't like me. I feel like they said something to me that on purpose is not right. Quit thinking about yourself so much. Number one, getting in the word will get you out of you. You'll find that the more time you spend in the word, the more time you, you start figuring out, you know what, this ain't other people, this is me that's doing this. 
you understand what I'm saying? This ain't coming from nobody but in here. Because I hear it all the time. So I used to think it was just that one person. Now it's everybody. Amen. And so we start to project evil onto people because we can't handle but so much of it ourselves. And so we'll start to to react to imaginary things. That's when the devil has his most fun. Where he can get you to fall out with people who have been nothing but good to you. Fall out with people who have, have, have fed you, fed your kids, gave them clothes, gave you money, gave you, he works on us overtime when we, we got somebody in our life like that. He wants to pry you away from them. Why? So he can get you off by yourself and really do you in. You got me? And so that's why God tells us to forgive. You, I don't care what they did to you and I don't care if they did it on purpose. When have you been so good? You got me? And so if, if other people do it and you know you're capable of it, what's the, what's the problem? Let's just forgive everybody. That's how you learned how to get along. Amen? It's through forgiveness. It's not through doing nice things for people and hope they do nice things for you back. Take your witchcraft someplace else. That don't work in God's kingdom. Amen? Because God will withhold good from people that you're trying to manipulate. Just so you'll know that's not his way. So no, I don't want you trying to kiss up to people all the time. It's good to be kind to them. It's good to be helpful to them. But what you're doing, you're trying to draw attention to yourself when you do this. And God won't have it. He wants to be your source. He loves you more than anybody does. If we would ever let him show us that. But see, until we are, are under process of being made whole, we'll never see how much God loves us. Because you're always looking at the image instead of the original. Got me? This is where we make our mistake. And it's a fairly honest mistake. You know, we're made in the image of God. So we see one another first and we start dealing with one another instead of dealing with God so he can help us deal correctly with one another. See, it won't happen any other way. So this going to God for your bread, your manna every day, your bread of life every day is essential so that he can keep the focus on him instead of on others in your life. Because he knows we'll make that mistake. It's easy to to run to somebody that's nice to you and wants to do things for you. And and you start trying to cultivate that relationship and and put God on on second second base or on the back burner. And God, when this this will keep God on the front burner. Give us this day our daily bread. God, where do I go in your word today? What do I receive from your word today? And he will fortify you. For what's coming ahead. So, so when we are born again, we have to have this deficit in us corrected. This, this limitation, this confusion in us, this fragmentation. God wants us to be made whole. And so some of the things that, that He wants us to have is He wants us to have everything that He has promised to us. It comes through getting healed. Get your daily bread. You want everything God has for you, you go to him daily in his word. He wants us to perform all that he has called us to do. It comes through your daily bread, through your healing dose every day. 
He wants us to conform to the image of Christ. And this is a big one. This is big for if you're going to be successful with your faith, successful with your prayer life, if you feel called to ministry, which all believers are, you know, stay out of somebody's pulpit, start praying for your cat, your goldfish, your dog, your kids, your whatever. You know, take care of your Jerusalem first. Amen. God won't, he won't anoint you to go around in somebody's church and just lay hands on people. It's out of order. And people look, well, Jesus did this, honey. He was a different priest than you are. Don't even try to go go in his flow, okay? And it's not because he was, quote, unquote, Jesus, the Son of God. He didn't operate as the Son of God when he was anointed. But his priesthood was higher than the ones of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It came first. So he was the head of the church even then. When you get to be head of the church, then you can go in anybody's church and do what you want to do. But until you can do that, you stay under authority. You get permission. I don't even go to people's churches and try to go laying hands on people. I could care less. I go to somebody else's meeting. I want to sit down and put my feet up and relax. Huh? Don't be on, 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 on job. That just shows lack of respect, immaturity. You think the anointing is something to play with. Till you get reverence for what God's doing, you won't, He won't use you much. Amen. Just won't do it. So, He wants us to perform all that He has called us to do, conform to the image of Christ. And how we do that, Romans 12.2 tells us, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So when you take your, get your dose of healing, Every day by going into the word, it's through you taking that scripture and sitting there and thinking about it. Meditate on it. I remember when I first started reading the Bible, I didn't understand half of what I read. And I would stop sometimes and say, God, I don't understand any of this. And then I would get to something that was clear to me. And he said, that's where I want you to start. He said, you keep reading. But whatever is clear to you, I'm going to stop you there and we'll talk about it and we'll discuss it. And and you can get understanding from it because that's what I want you to be responsible for. Just what's clear to you is what you're responsible for. And he wants us to receive our inheritance on time. On time. He doesn't want to be late with any payments you need, with any kind of tuition money, any kind of tax money, anything. He wants you to be on time with everything. Amen. He wants us to walk with him in fellowship and in love. In fellowship and in love. You can't fellowship with God if you don't speak the same language. You got to get into his word and start speaking his language. And fellowship with him. In fact, God God wants to know he's loved. Did you know that? He said, if you love me, prove it. Obey me. Obey all my commandments. And that's how you do it. That's how you prove your love for him. He wants, he watches to see if we'll spend time with him. If we'll get into the words so we have something to talk about, you can't talk to him about your girlfriends, about your, your, your clothes you want, about anything else, but you can talk to him about the word. Now you can ask him for certain things. Amen. You can make your request, but you can't carry on a conversation with God about little worldly stuff. 
try it if you want to, but he speaks his own language. He speaks the language of the Bible. He wants us to fellowship with him in love and love our neighbor as ourselves. Amen? So love is real high on God's priority list. And he will teach us how to love people. If if we'll go to God in humility and ask him, you know, God, how do I how do I win this person over? You know, I, I would do that because I from from ever since I was a kid, before I got saved, this you know, there was something about me that just people would just take a dislike to me, like they wanted to fight me or be antagonistic toward me. You know, and I could try to be their friend and, and say the same things everybody in their little clique said. And when I would say it, somehow they just roll their eyes and girl gone somewhere. You know, that kind of stuff. I suffer a lot of rejection. And and I know it served a purpose now. You know, you don't understand it when you're a kid. But I would always say, you know, I, there's got to be a way for me to be able to be friends with people. And I would think that way. And same thing happened once you get saved. It's triple time. It's, you know, it's, it's more than what it used to be. And so I would say, God, show me a way to win these people over. You know, now I'm sick of just being enemies with everybody. You tell me to love people. Some people is really hard to love when they just keep shooting daggers at you, you know. And some people God just separates you from because it's, you know, it's, it's not a relationship at all. You know, it's just kind of nonsense. But, you know, it, we're people, especially people in the church. You know, you 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 got to be a pastor. You got to learn how to win people over. You understand? They can't just look at you as a mean. Now, some people run their churches like that. Don't get me wrong. They like distance between them and the sheep. You know, they like the sheep feeling like they can't talk to them. And you, you understand what I'm But I don't like that. You know, I just really don't. And so I would always ask God, how do I win people over? How do I get this person to understand that I don't mean them any harm? You know, I'm trying to love them and trying to be a Christian and, you know, whatever, try to be their pastor, teacher, whatever. And God would always show me a way to do it. There is a way to it, unless they just don't want to, you know, in, in, in those cases, people aren't rejecting you, they're rejecting God. When you're God's servant, they're more rejecting God than they are any anything. Don't take everything personally, you know. But, you know, I'm smart enough to know that some of me is showing through there. You know, you don't want that. You want people to understand that you mean them no harm. You understand what I'm saying? And so God would always show me a way to do that. And I see many people who are are antagonistic to everybody, and they claim to be Christians. They say things unkind and unloving, like they're above everybody and everybody's beneath them. You understand what I'm saying? We, we've got to drive that, that religious spirit and that prideful thing out of the body of Christ. But see, if you get your manna every day, God will take care of that. Because he's healing us from things we don't even know are wrong with us when we go into the word. Sometimes you'll just look around one day and you say, you know what? I used to really flip out when people would say stuff like that around me or say stuff like that to me. And it doesn't, it doesn't faze me anymore. How did that happen? Amen. God just took care of it because you were diligent to take your healing bread every day. You got your daily bread. You got your manna from heaven. 
You don't know what heaven has in store for you. You may think you know what your problem is, but you don't have a clue. And you don't know how God's dealing with you to get get you free from it. Amen? But we can trust him that if we will go to him daily for bread, daily, and I mean every day, don't skip a day. Amen? Just Just make yourself open that Bible. You may think you don't have time. You got time for everything else you want to do. Amen. And if you put that first, you won't get behind in your, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, by the end of the, well, it's too late now. I spent the whole day doing nothing. Don't let condemnation box you in a corner. Now, God, I'm opening my Bible, and please forgive me. I should have done this earlier. Now I'm sitting up here in condemnation with excuses and don't know which way to go. Amen. And I need to, to be more swift than this. I need to be somebody who is on top of this all the time. So help me again, Lord. Here, I think I know how to do this stuff, and I am caught again, not doing what I'm supposed to do. And so I think if we will allow God, understand that you need to be made whole. He's promised to make us whole. Amen. He doesn't want to leave us in pieces. Only whole people can be happy, can be healthy, can be what God wants them to be. Only wholeness will do. Do you girls have to do that? What you doing over there? Huh? No, then leave her alone, honey. God can take care better than you can. You don't need to do anything. Let the Holy Ghost take care of people in here, okay? Please do that for me. You don't want to give too much attention to anything other than what's going on here. You got, you need this word. Amen. You know the devil will try anything to steal the word from you. But he ain't stealing it in God's house. You hear me? Amen. Amen. So you stay tight with this word. So God wants to make us whole, folks. He's working on us all the time. Amen. He is. He's working on whoever that is on the flow back there. He's working on that person. There's nothing you can do to enhance it, nothing you can do to help it. In fact, you keep dibbling there, you will hinder it. You got me? So you don't want to be a hindering spirit. You let people do it. They let God take care of people. This is That's why it's called a sanctuary up in here. It's a safe place for everybody. Amen? So just let them have their safe place. Amen? Let's Let's grow up here. Understand what we're here for. You're here to be made whole. That's what you need. That's what you came to Christ for. That's what he's promised. And that's what's in motion right now. He's in the process of making us all whole. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding of your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is everything. So we bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We lift you up, Lord, because you are worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name, Lord. Holy is your name, Jesus. Your name is holy. That means it's without reproach, without blame. It's worthy of being lifted up and not dragged down. And Father, if there are those of us who have not understood how to hallow your name, forgive us, Lord. Put us on the right road. Help 
help us to lift you up so we can be lifted up. When we lift you up, you draw us to you and you draw all men to yourself. So we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our spirit, our soul, our mind, and our bodies. And we love you. We thank you for this bread, this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have, and you fill in the blank, heart disease, high blood pressure, whatever it is, infirmity, mental illness, weakness in our minds. We don't have it, and it doesn't have us. And we thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, it's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.